0: And so our New Testament reading, our Gospel reading, we continue to read from Mark's Gospel. And here Jesus turns and faces Jerusalem and the rejection to come. And he begins to tell his disciples of what faces him, suffering and the cross itself. Let's listen for how God can speak to us through these ancient and challenging words. Then Jesus began to teach his disciples. The Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and teachers of the law. He will be put to death, but three days later he will rise to life. He made this very clear to them. So Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him but Jesus turned round looked at his disciples and rebuked Peter. Get away from me Satan he said your thoughts don't come from God but from human nature. Then Jesus called the crowd and his disciples to him. If any of you want to come with me, he told them, you must forget yourself, carry your cross, and follow me. For if you want to save your own life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for me and for the gospel, you will save it. Do you gain anything if you win the whole world? but lose your life? Of course not. There is nothing you can give to regain your life. If you are ashamed of me and of my teaching in this godless and wicked day, then the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when he comes in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. and so a prayer. Lord Jesus, may we not be ashamed of you or the cross, for though it was shameful, it shows us your love, your amazing grace. So help us to hear your challenging word of truth and grace today amen. Today's reading, gospel reading is not for the faint-hearted. it's tough talking on Jesus's part and his disciples don't like what they are hearing. Jesus is talking of suffering, and service, and sacrifice. Yes, the promise of resurrection and new life is there, but that's not what Peter and the others hear. They hear Jesus say, the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. He will be put to death. Suffering, rejection, death. That's not the message that Peter wants to hear. Peter has just acclaimed Jesus as Messiah. And the Messiah is meant to get rid of all that stuff and to bring a new age of peace and prosperity, to drive out the Romans, to claim Jerusalem back for God. Suffering, rejection, death. That's not what the Messiah is about. The Messiah should be triumphant, claiming back the nation for God. But Jesus talks of a very different Messiah. Not the Messiah that takes power, but the Messiah who gives love who suffers, is rejected, and dies. Not a meaningless death, but a death for all, for the world itself. Jesus is very clear what faces him, and he wants to explain this to the disciples, but there is ears shut. Peter rebukes Jesus, tells him to get back in line, stay on message, that positive message that the Messiah will make everything magically well and good and safe. Not this risky, suffering Messiah that Jesus is talking about. And so in turn, Jesus rebukes Peter in the harshest of tones. This is no Jesus meek and mild. This is Jesus at his fiercest. Get behind me, Satan. It can't be a very good feeling to have Jesus look at you eye to eye and say, get behind me, Satan. Have you experienced the anger, the real rage of someone? Maybe sometimes that anger is uncalled for, but sometimes people are angry at us for good reason and we just have to take it. It reminds me of the, the delegates and world leaders facing the fury of Greta Thunberg at the United Nations back in 2019. She stood in front of them all and said things that they didn't want to hear. The young people, she said, are starting to understand your betrayal. The eyes of all future generations are upon you. We will not let you get away with this. Right here, right now, is where we draw the line. The world is waking up, and change is coming, whether you like it or not. People like Donald Trump dismissed her as an unhappy teenager, but her blistering indictment continues to challenge the world today. This autumn we will see our nation host the climate conference COP26 and let's pray that the leaders of the nations will be prepared to listen and to give renewed priority to tackling the climate emergency and let's hear that message ourselves and play our part in the months ahead. Sometimes we need angry people to waken us up. Why was Jesus so harsh with Peter? Mark describes the moment in vivid terms. Jesus turned round, looked at his disciples, and rebuked Peter, get away from me, Satan. It's pretty extreme to be called Satan But that's perhaps because we have a very odd view of what Satan is like. We have some little horned devil or character in a horror movie in our minds. When in fact Satan is something much more insidious and ordinary. Satan is quite simply the tempter, the voice that would lead us into self-destruction. But just as Jesus was tested and tempted in the wilderness, the voice of Satan, the voice of the tempter saying, you're God's son, make good use of it. Here again, he is being tempted, tempted to step back, to run away, to not face the cross and the rejection, the suffering, rejection and death that he's speaking about. No wonder he challenges Peter. He wants Peter to support him, to be alongside him in facing the cross, not trying to get him to turn back and turn away. That's why he is so fierce with Peter, because he is truly tempted to turn away. Why should he take this great cup of suffering on behalf of the whole world? Human nature would say, look after number one. Go and find happiness for yourself. But Jesus will not do that. He is willing to carry on the journey all the way to suffering, rejection and death. Peter is following the human instinct of self preservation. But Jesus says, Your thoughts come not from God, but from human nature. This is not a feel good message. It's not, in a sense, what we want to be hearing about at the moment. We've seen too much suffering over this last year with the pandemic. We've seen too much anger and rejection as people turn on each other to criticize or dismiss. We've seen too many deaths, two and a half million dying across the world from the virus. And of course, losses much closer to home. In the face of all this, what people, in a sense, want to hear is that all will be fine. They want to hear when they can fly off to a holiday abroad. And yes, who can blame them? Who can blame us from wanting these things, wanting it to be all over? Some magic wand? But is that really what the world needs just now? Do we need just to forget all the other crises, the climate emergency that is just around the corner, and put our feet up and have a nice holiday? Well, we all need holidays, and self-care is important. And we do need to look after our own mental health and all the other things. We need to preserve life, save lives, But Jesus is pointing us to something deeper, a different way, a hard way, a way that involves sacrifice, but a way that brings new life with it. Do you gain anything if you win the whole world but lose your life? Or as the New International Version puts it, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or in the words of the message, what good would it do to get everything you want and lose the real you? And that's what I want you to ponder, the real you. How is the real you today? is that being nurtured, the real you that can give love, the real you that can be compassionate, the real you that can make sacrifices for the sake of others. In a sense, over this last year, we have recognized anew the people who give of themselves sacrificially in the NHS, in care homes, in teaching or supplying our food or a hundred and why other ways of service. We recognise that those people have immense value, sometimes not properly rewarded. That is the way that Jesus is challenging his disciples to follow. Jesus was willing to follow that way, even though it took him the whole way to the cross, the way of self-giving love. It's not some deadly creed, but a life-giving way, and one that will renew our world as God's creation and God's place. As Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, Christ lived a selfless obedient life, and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at all, at that, a crucifixion. And Jesus invites us to follow him on that way, to take up our mini-crosses, to find ways to give of ourselves to others, to follow that way of selfless Self giving love, suffering, rejection, death they're hard words, and we may not fully understand. Peter and the other disciples certainly didn't fully understand. It was only on the third day, on Easter day, that the truth finally dawned on Peter and the other disciples' minds. They knew that the death of Jesus wasn't some pointless end, but a new beginning. And his death had been a sacrifice, a gift of love to them and to the world. We can be inspired by that great gift. And in its echoes in countless millions of lives in our world today. As my friend Paul Beasley Murray wrote in a recent blog, Jesus wanted to hammer home that his way was to be the way of the cross. Love and not power would have the last word. Is this a word that we? too need to hear the truth is that down the centuries all too often the church has wanted glory glory in terms of power influence and wealth to what extent is jesus frustrated with his church today where leaders still crave for status and success in ministry where jesus whereas Jesus talked of faithfulness and a way of service that led to the cross. So how do we respond to this word, this challenge and invitation of Jesus? If any of you want to come with me, you must forget yourself, carry your cross and follow me. Not easy words. But read them in the light of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Take that great self-giving love to heart and allow it to warm and to guide and inspire your life today and in the days to come. and to God be glory in Christ Jesus, the Saviour on the cross. Amen. So we come to our prayers. And on the communion table today to inspire our praying. The bowl of fair trade products as we think about the world we choose. The Bible and its word of assurance that God is with us and has a word of love for us. The flowers, the daffodils, particularly with St. David's Day in mind tomorrow. And the candle, the peace candle. Let's pray. Faithful God, you are with us now, hearing our prayers spoken and silent. We pray for one another and our nation as the first steps out of lockdown begin, and as the programmes of testing and vaccinating continue. We pray for the work of COVAX to ensure access to the vaccine for all countries, rich and poor. And we pray today for the work of Fair Trade and the many different producers involved, for integrity and justice in all our trading as a nation. We pray for our government and the leaders of all nations, that they will use their power wisely and with compassion. By your grace, we choose a world where justice will flow like a mighty river faithful God we pray that children and young people may have the future they deserve we pray for our families and our neighborhood for the well-being and happiness of all young people. We pray for teachers in all the work they do. And for pupils this week, working at home and in the preparations for the return to school. We pray for the millions of children worldwide whose schooling has been disrupted by the pandemic and we pray especially for the education of girls across the world so often neglected or opposed by your grace we choose a world where all children can find fulfillment and reach their potential Faithful God in Christ, you came to feed the hungry, those physically and spiritually hungry. We pray for those in our own nation struggling to make ends meet, those relying on the help of food banks. And we pray your blessing on local food schemes and especially the work of one can. We pray for the hungry and homeless across the world, remembering those facing starvation through the conflict in Yemen and for the Yazazi people, displaced and desperate. By your grace, we choose a world where no one goes hungry and all have a place to live. And faithful God, as days lengthen and signs of spring appear, we thank you that you have placed us in community. And we remember today, all the people who fill our lives with hope and love. We pray for all we know who are struggling. We pray for those sick in body, mind or spirit those waiting for treatment, those recovering in hospital or at home, and those caring for them. In the silence of our hearts, we hold them before you now. And faithful God, we remember those who have died. And we give thanks once more for their touch on our lives. And we pray strength and peace for all who are grieving at this time. By your grace, we choose a world filled with your healing and your hope. A world you so love. May that faithful love guide our living and praying, this day and always, in the name of Jesus. Amen.